you, thank you, Ed. So wonderful to be able to speak um, about a wonderful passage in Acts. Um, we've been through this wonderful journey through the book of Acts. We're now in uh, chapter 4. We're looking from verses 23 to 31. I often uh, listen to the messages on podcasts or on Spotify when I miss uh, a meeting. So whoever listens to this on podcast, I hope you have a great day. And these words will speak to you where you are. Okay, so it's a wonderful passage. Um, the title is The God Who Shakes Buildings. Now that's helpful. Um, and uh, when Helen introduced me, she said, um, it would be interesting to see what you as an architect have to say about this. Now, that's not a, a typical situation. I'm wondering if Peter would have called me to say, look, there are some cracks in the building. Something happened. I go and prepare a survey, look at it, and trying to establish what happened. It would be very awkward to say, well, it looks like it's nothing natural that happened. And those cracks seem to be structural because, as you know, when movement happens in a house, it cracks. Because a house is it's, it's not as flexible um, and, 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 and that causes it. So that would have been interesting. But as we know, God shakes buildings because of his presence. And looking at this passage, we see that it's the beginning of what God has started to do with the church. It's been just a few weeks after Jesus has been uh, raised to heaven. The early church start, started to be set up and, and, and ministry. And looking historically, we can look at this in, 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 from two angles. Obviously, the building that uh, Jesus is trying to set up, is, it's his church. So that's the main thing. The building is his, its church. It's not a physical, uh, a physical building like this. And um, the shaking is the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. We look uh, in the Old Testament when Moses spoke to the, to the people. Um, we, we realized that there actually was not a building. They were... They were moving in tents. And, and God would say, well, you know what? You don't need a building. Um, and, and even when, 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 when he brought the message to the, to the uh, Jewish people, to, to Israel, he, he came into the, on the mountain, on Mount Sinai. And as he spoke, the mountain trembled. And that's a very interesting um, image, how God when he is present, things are shaken. Um, and David, we know that at one point he looks and he prays and he says, God, I want to build something for you. And the question back is, what will you, what will you build me? I mean, I am the builder of the earth. I've created the heavens and earth and everything you see. What will you be able to, to do for me? What will you be able to create for me? Even so, they start to make the temple, but more importantly, God was creating his people, building his church as, as, uh, that was culminating with Jesus coming on earth and setting up um, the disciples and, and, and giving the great 
um, calling to say, go and make disciples, be witnesses of me to the end of the earth. So as we look at the text, it's verse 23. I'm just going to read the verses. Um, actually, the setting is in, very interesting. It's a, a bit paradoxical for me because I find it so strange that Peter and John would be held accountable of something they've done, a good thing they've done in the name of Jesus. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Now quoting from Psalm 2, it says, Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. What an amazing, what an amazing passage. And to think that weeks, weeks before, Peter, who was, you know, this person wanted to do things. He, 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 he thought he has it sorted. And, and he would even say to the Lord, oh, I'm going to defend you to Jesus. And, and Jesus looks kindly to him and said, Peter, you don't know what you're saying. I'm praying for you. But your name is Peter, which is Petros, which means the rock, the stone. On, on you, I'm going to build my church. What an amazing statement that Jesus would build his church on us. And the Bible speaks so often um, in, 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 in this kind of terms of builder, the cornerstone. Jesus is the cornerstone. Just verses before when they were in front, when Peter and John were in front of, of, of the high priest, it says from Psalm uh, one, 118, it says, you, the builders, this Jesus that you set aside, the stone that you thought it's unworthy, has become the cornerstone. And he uses this image of building, a, not a physical, but the church of God, a spiritual thing. Now, um, in, in my language, if I translate that, that word, it says instead of cornerstone, it says the, the, the stone that stands in the head of the, of the angle. Which is not that relevant, but what it, said, what it means, if you imagine an arch, you create an arch and you put each brick. But you know, in reality, I know from sight, I ca you can't do it unless you create a scaffolding, something that would hold those bricks. 
And all these bricks that you put in an arch are completely useless until you put the, the, the stone in the head of the angle. Once you put that in, you can take the scaffolding down because that's the most important stone. But once that's in place, what's interesting, those other stones become super important because all the, the forces are spread through that stone, through each of the other one. Before, they were completely useless. They couldn't do anything on their own. And now, because Jesus is the stone that is in the head of the angle, it creates support and transmits structural integrity to the rest of the bricks. And they have suddenly have a meaning, a purpose, and they're able to hold things up. Now, it's irrelevant if a cornerstone or the stone in the head of the angle, whatever it is, it's obvious that it means without him, the whole things would crumble. But the interesting thing is with him, we matter. Through him, we suddenly have a purpose. And you look at, at, at Peter, and I can't imagine what was in his heart when, after saying, I'm going to go and die for you, and Jesus said to him, no, you're going to deny me. Hours later, in front of a servant girl, he says, I don't even know him. What, what was in his heart? And then he looks at Jesus, and Jesus looks back at him. And I'm wondering if, Jesus, if Peter at that point thinks, Will he still build the church on me? I mean, I feel like I'm not worthy for that. And we see once Christ is resurrected and meets back Peter, he gives him power. And what he says, he says, it's good for you for me to go. Because if I go, God will send someone, the Holy Spirit. And you are actually more efficient if I go. And, you, and that's a bit counterintuitive because you would think if the leader is here... I'm bold, you know, the leader is here, he's going to back me up. But no, Jesus says, no, I'm going to go and it's better for you. Because now you're going to have the Holy Spirit. And that's what's happening here. That's what's causing this shaking. It's because suddenly Peter becomes a bold person. And I hope we are bold today. Because we have a reason to be. Because the Holy Spirit was poured on each of us. And that's what we've prayed for this evening. Uh, that he will fill us up. And as, as, as Peter stands in front of the high priest in a very strange situation, he has to say, you, the builders, have neglected this stone. But boldly speaking, uh, he, he, he says, the, the, the thing that we've done, it's not because of us. This person who was crippled now walks, and it's here, you can't deny it. It's not because Peter... It's not because John, it's because Jesus. And the thing that you thought you've dealt with, that Jesus you thought you've dealt with, it's, it's here. And through him, that's what's happening. And, and I'm so encouraged whenever I read this passage to see the boldness in, in, in Peter's statement. And suddenly to, from, from that person who was Peter, now he's Petros, now he's the stone, now he's the one who is holding this, not holding, but is it's a, it's a major part of this structure, of this church. Don't you feel encouraged by that? That when you feel like, oh, I'm not sure if, if I'm good enough now. I've done something or I've said something or um, I just didn't have the courage to stand up and testify when my colleagues asked me about why, why, what do you believe in? And I was a bit of a coward. And why, why did I do that, you know? But, but to realize, wait, I mean, that's not going to define me. 
I mean, what do I do now? I, I'm going to stand up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be brave, you know, raise my head up and, and, and understand that, wait, if, if Jesus was still able to use Peter, surely he's still able to use me. And um, looking at this passage, um, I love the prayer. Just if we look for a few, for a few minutes on, on, on what they did. So the context, they've been rejected. And I love the fact that we can look at the Old Testament, we can look at the New Testament, and it's still extremely relevant for us today. And if you look around you, so many things have happened. And in the last three years, I think the world has been shaken. What we had, the COVID in 2020 and 21. Then when we thought things are getting better, we had the war in Ukraine. And this morning when I look at the news, um, the IDF spokesperson said that Gaza was shaken today. Things are shaken in this world, and how can we stay confident and, and hopeful in, 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 in a world like this? Well, we can. And that's why I'm here today, this evening, to encourage you for that, that we can find hope, and we can be brave, and we can do our small part and play our small role, because it's very liberating to know that he sent his Holy Spirit, who is speaking through us and ministering to, through us, to the people around us. So it's not about you or me, because if you came to listen to me, well, I'm not sure if it's worth it. But if the Holy Spirit is speaking through me, then it's going to be relevant for you. So I take courage in that, and I go hopeful to work tomorrow. And I'm going and say, well, uh, let me tell you about Jesus, because I realize that it's not me who's going to change you who's going to change my colleagues. And I'm not, I don't want to change them just for the sake of changing them. It's because this hope is real and it's going to benefit them. And I'm bringing joy and peace in their life. So they faced a similar situation. It was awful. Uh, they've been, um, the priest said, don't ever go and speak in the name of Jesus again. I mean, come on. You're trying to close the door through this big wind that's pushing in. You can't do it, don't you realize? He's shaking the world. Jesus is shaking the world. And they said exactly what they... Uh, so the priest saw the boldness that they had. Because he says, it's not because of the... It, it's obvious you're not schooled. You know, It's obvious you're, you're just normal people. But it's also obvious that you've been with Jesus. You have this boldness in you, which I can't understand. And the thing that got in, them in trouble, the courage, is exactly the thing that they are asking for in their prayer. And they come and say, Sovereign Lord, understanding who God is. That's how they start their prayer. And I hope that's, that's encouragement for us. Who is God? That's how we start our prayer. Sovereign Lord, the maker of the heaven and earth. They suddenly position their, their, themselves and then, the, then he says, um, Sovereign Lord, they, they realize that it's not them who is doing any works. He says, look, look at the things they are doing. Probably I would have said, oh, Lord, 
take me out of this awful situation. Lord, can you fix it? Can you put me in another context? I don't want all the people against me. No, Lord, look at what they're doing to us. But they're not trying to, to sort things themselves. They said, just look at it and they left it there. They, le they leave it in the, in, in the hands of the Lord. So it's important that they understand their position in the course of the history. Where do they stay? I have this sovereign Lord. The things that those people are doing, Herod and Pilate, it's been written about it long ago in the Psalms. I mean, they are doing only the things that you've, you've prepared before, you spoke about this. So suddenly we understand, hey, uh, it's, it's all planned in a way. We are, part, we are small pe people, part of this big picture. So I think it's very important for us to be able to understand and position ourselves um, and understand what's our, our, our responsibility. They identify the issue, they leave it in God's hand, but then they request exactly the thing that got them in trouble. Give us more boldness. And stretch out your hands so through your name, healing and wonderful miracles will be done. And that's my prayer tonight. Lord, look at the things around us. But you know what, Lord? Give us more courage and stretch out your hand so through us your power will be uh, visible to the people around us. So what happened? The place shook. They were all filled up with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Oh, what I, I would love that to happen tonight. I would love Anne to have to call me and say, can you come and fix the building because it's cracked. <laughs> because we prayed last night and it, it shook. I would, I, would, I would love, and I know that he's here with us to shake us up. And that's what happened then. But more importantly, it shook not the building mainly, but the spirit. And what happened in the world, you know, you, you, you know what happened there when Jesus was raised from the death, the place shook. The, uh, uh, when he died, the place shook. The curtain was torn from top to bottom. When he, he was risen from the death, the place shook again. And now again it's shaking. And you'll see in chapter 16, it's shaking again. When? When the people praise him. Because that's the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And he is going to shake people around us. And just to end on a practical note, um, about two weeks ago, I've been, it was my son's birthday and we were quite busy and I quickly had to go in, 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 in M&S in, in Harpenden. And I was quite rushed. And in front of me was this lady, you could see she was well off, you know, well clothed. And, and, if, and, and suddenly I just hear she said, the, the, the person who, you know, the cashier, he said, your card is not working. And she said, that's not possible. My card is working. And she rubbed it off and she said, try again. And I, and, and I was there. I said, don't worry, I'll pay for you. To be honest, I, I think I said it before I even thought it. I just, it was, not, it was not a problem. I didn't even care how much it cost. It was just an instinct. And she looked at me and said, what? And I said, yeah, don't worry, I'll pay for you. She said, that's not possible. 
I said, why, are you trying to stop me doing a good thing? She said, no, 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 but nobody ever done this to me before. And, and she, was, she said, I'm almost 80 years old. I've never seen anyone trying to pay for my groceries. And I said, but don't feel ashamed. I know you have the money. It's not that thing. You know, it's, I understand you're in a difficult situation, probably something wrong with your car. Don't worry about it. I'll pay for it. She, she looks at me. It was like quite busy in the shop, and she hugs me. And she started shaking. And I said, God bless you, you know. And for me, the lesson was, it cost me 38 pounds. It was, it was not much. But for her, it felt like it was, it was something so important. It shook her. She was disorientated suddenly. She didn't know what to do. She started putting her things in my bags. And I said, no, no, you put it in your... <laughs> you could see the impact it had on her. And it was such a small thing. It didn't cost me much. But for her, it was everything. And I just want to encourage you. You might do something small like that. And do it, you know. Just have the courage to do the small things. And I went home. I almost forgot about it. And interestingly, you, 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 never can, you, you can never outgive God. Somebody calls me and he says, oh, I've been praying and I asked God, who shall I bless? And he said, oh, God told me I should bless you. So I'm sending you 500 pounds. That happened less than, I don't know, in a matter of hours. And I said, thank you. Not because I didn't need the money, but I suddenly I was in the, in the shoes of that lady and understood, fine, if that's what God told you to do, do it, you know. And I was just blessed and I was so, oh, I, I thought, it's amazing how God will always outrun you. You will never be able to do more than he does. So I hope that's an encouragement for you. I hope that my message um, stirs up faith, gives you courage, because that's the main takeaway tonight. That we have courage, that we step up, that we do small things or big things, whatever God prepares for us to do but act kindly and courageously and boldly in the name of Jesus I pray I would encourage you to stand up and that we would end this uh, night in prayer so Father God you're so good to us and we're here not because we didn't have any other thing to do tonight we're here because we, we really trust that you can do something amazing. That you love us, that you consider us worthy to be part of your building, to be part of the church. Because of your sacrifice, we suddenly have value. We suddenly have meaning and we are considered worthy. We are your hands and your feet. And we can do so much for you. But we could never pay for the amazing sacrifice that you've done. To erase all our sins, give us hope, everlasting hope. Lord, I pray that tonight you would pour your Holy Spirit in a mighty, name, in, in a mighty way. In the name of Jesus, that this place would be shaken and our spirits, more importantly, would be shaken. And that we will be able to take this power and spread it around us in the communities we live in. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen.